Into the cauldron, handsome. Most powerful love potion in the world. Bottle, fame, brew, glory. I've never seen a more complicated potion. Disastrous should you get it wrong. Are we going to drink that? Welcome, friends, and welcome to Most Potent Podcast Mini Episode Edition. I'm one of your hosts, Francis. And I'm Rebecca. And today we're going to be following up one of our previous episodes on Severus Snape. Yeah, this is a bit of a, bit of a, like, coda is the word that I used. That's, you know, I don't necessarily think that that's the best word to use, but it's a word. So. I like it. Go back to the coda. Yeah, so basically, basically the thing is, I feel like we need there are a couple things that we need to address considering um our snape episode so if you haven't listened listeners uh to our episode entitled snape snape severus snape uh also side note i did say that to a co-worker recently and in, in mentioning the potter puppet pals and she said what is that and i felt old oh oh i don't <laughs> like that I know, and she and she goes, "What is that?" And I was like, "You know, like in the like mid two thousands." And she was like, "Well, I was born in nineteen ninety eight." And I was like, uh, oh, "I hate that. Okay. I hate that a lot." <laughs> I hate that so much. I know. So anyway, um, so yeah, that's the total aside. But our uh, Snape episode is entitled "Snape, Snape, Sever Snape" in reference to the Potter Puppet Pals. So, uh, if you have not seen the Potter Puppet Pals, just Go, unless you're in a car listening right now, go and listen to it right now. That's important. <laughs> also, the fact, uh, I, I'm bringing this back to what you said at the beginning. You said a coda is not the right choice for this. I think it's absolutely the right choice for this because we're taking the coda. We're going to talk about more things. We're going to go to the second ending. You know, <laughs> this episode is fucking off the rails already, <laughs> but that's okay. <laughs> so. <That's fun. laughs> All right, so, okay, I just wanted to start off. I have a couple points to make. But first, I wanted to start off with a little bit about Severus Snape. And most of these things we did, in fact, address in the initial episode. But, just as a quick review, called his only friend a mudblood, uh, he then became a part of a notorious hate group uh, who goes against his best friend, the Death Eaters. Um, and then he then decided to tell Voldemort about the prophecy because he was 100% okay with killing an infant person. Um, and then, of course, he didn't know at the time that it was Lily and Lily's infant involved. Uh, so when he found, only when he found out that it was Lily, did he repent? So, and he only asked Voldemort to spare Lily And not her son, not her husband, just Lily, because, of course, he would be okay with Lily's son and husband dying. But if James died, absolute, but if she died, then, you know, of course, that would be okay. Not even thinking that, like, maybe she wouldn't want to live if her husband and child didn't, but okay. So... That was a quick little recap of prior to Harry's school years, Snape. So, the things that I want to bring up while Snape was a Death Eater. He was a true Death Eater, and then he switched sides prior to Voldemort's demise because of Lily. Fine. Theoretically, 
Snape was in Voldemort's inner circle. Right. So, like, we that is an established fact. Right, yeah. So, particularly after the prophecy situation. Right. So, he knew that Sirius was not in Voldemort's inner circle. And he let him rot in Azkaban anyway. And tried to get him kissed in Harry's third year. Because he theoretically knew that Sirius was not involved with the Death Eaters at all. Right. Like, you know, he knew that. Do you think he knew and that he, he it was Peter? Or do you think it was just... That's okay. On to my next point. Okay. Maybe Peter was undercover. Maybe Peter was meeting with Voldemort in secret. We don't know for sure. I will give Snape, like, slightly a little bit of credit for that. But also, like... Maybe he also knew. Maybe he knew that it was Peter Pettigrew. We don't know. So that's the thing. It's like, theoretically, the Death Eaters know who each other, you know, who who's who. Because the evidence that we have of Voldemort's meeting, like, when he gets in the graveyard, when he gets resurrected, they all stand in a circle, and theoretically, they have little prescribed spots in the circle. Because they, ha- they, leave, they leave blank spots open. <laughs> Those that aren't there. <laughs> for their friends. <laughs> So they all knew each other. That's the thing. It's like, so they all know who each other are. So like, unless Peter was like hella in, in undercover, like, I mean, maybe, but I like, I, he, he, I don't think Snape at least slick. knew. Yeah, no, Snape at least knew that Sirius wasn't there. Right. So he could, which he could have pointed out to Dumbledore. Yeah. So, and then additionally, Snape also owed James, a life debt for the were- the werewolf prank thing, for pulling him back when Sirius sent him into the Whomping Willow. Fine, cool. We learned in Harry's first year that he repaid that life debt by saving Harry from the broom that Quirrell was manipulating, that kind of thing. Is that the only reason why he did that? I think that also it was somewhat of, like, protecting Lily's son thing. But Dumbledore's Dumbledore's explanation was... The life debt. So I'm going with it. Because the thing is, as soon as Snape found out that it was James and Lily who were being targeted, he should have also been pleading with Voldemort to keep James alive as well because of that life debt. So he only used the excuse of the life debt in Harry's first year because Harry is Lily's son, proving that he's an asshole who doesn't actually care about life debts only when they suit him. Okay, I have a question about life debts. Are they abstract, or are they, like, is it, like, an unbreakable vow, where, like, you have to do it, or is it just, like, an abstract Honestly, concept? Honestly, I don't know. That's what I, I was feel like it's more of an. I feel like it's more of an abstract concept. I feel like it's more of, like, an honor thing. Mm, okay. But, I mean, I mean, if you read certain fan fictions, it's certainly not, but, you know, I feel like if we're looking at canon, I feel like it's more of an abstract, like, honor type thing but which again proves that snape has zero honor because he could have he still owed james that life debt when we've he found out that james was in danger so you know yeah that's true yeah so again so those are all of my points for a picture of a real swell guy (laughs) really truly that's you know because the thing is i like I think that we talked a lot about, in our first episode, a lot about Snape in terms of his treatment of Harry and co, Uh which is still, and I still have other points for that, but I wanted to take the time to also, uh, to, like, acknowledge this part, because we didn't really address it in that episode, because 
he like the thing that gets me the most is the serious thing. Yeah. Snape had to have known that Sirius was not actually a Death Eater. Right. Like, it's you know he he had to have known that. So and, the and fact he, that for so, he and like he, followed them into the the Shrieking Shack just to be like I'm gonna capture this guy. Like, that's yep. just obnoxious. Yep. So and even if he didn't know about Pettigrew, like I will give him the tiniest bit of credit and be like, okay, maybe he didn't know about Pettigrew. He at least would have known that Sirius Black was innocent. So yeah, I agree. Also, mm-hmm. I was recently listening to the soundtrack from Steven Universe, and it occurred to me that uh, the character Pearl is what Snape should have been. <laughs> Because Pearl is in love with Stephen's mom, has loved her her whole life. Stephen's mom falls in love with this guy, Greg. They have a son. She dies. And now Pearl's like, well, fuck, I gotta take care of her son now. Like, I gotta raise him like he was my own. Like, I'm cool with Greg. We're cool. But I'm gonna, like, co-parent this kid because, like, he's the kid of the woman that I loved. And I'm just like, that's what Stape should have been. (laughs) Anyway, continue. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I don't know about Steven Universe at all because I don't watch it, but mm-hmm. like, cool. It's a very abridged. I mean, also, version. but like, I I also you know hopefully Pearl didn't also join a racist gang, but you know she did none of the sort. No. Yeah, you know the the racist gang was. She wants a to, bit of a big deal. It's a bit of a big deal. No, she wants to raise Steven mm-hmm. with good values. She wants to teach him how to be a good human gem hybrid. That's what he is. So, the only other point that we kind of kind of addressed, but not really, in the Snape episode was that he literally bullied Neville to the like to the point where he was Neville's worst fear in third yeah. year. Like, I think that that's because we made the point in our Snape episode. I re-listened to it recently. Mm-hmm. That maybe the theory is that he bullied Neville so relentlessly because it should have been Neville. It should have been Neville's parents that got killed so that Lily could still be alive, which like makes him an even worse asshole. I was going to say, that's just, can you imagine (laughs) bullying a child so much worse because he didn't die? (laughs) Can you imagine? Yeah, no. And so, yeah, we talk about that in, in our previous episode, but the thing is, it's just, I think that, I just want to reemphasize that because, like, literally, he, like, Snape is this 13-year-old boy's worst fear. Like, of all the things to fear, that's so sad. Yeah, especially a 13-year-old boy whose parents have been tortured. Yeah. Like, it's not like Neville got out easy. Yeah. 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 Like, his worst fear should be Bellatrix Lestrange. Mm -hmm. Nope. Snape. Oh yeah, he sucks. I truly just don't understand people that people that stand Snape. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I don't know. I don't care if that's polarizing. I don't care if people are gonna re- listen to that and be like, I'm not gonna listen anymore. Snape sucks. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is as again as we said in our initial Snape episode. Like, this is not a Severus Snape apologist <laughs> podcast. <laughs> like, I, of course, we acknowledge that. Snape is a fascinating character. He's like, fascinating? Absolutely. Like, he is, he is a very interesting character to read. Mm-hmm. 
and I think that he makes the books objectively more interesting. Mm -hmm. However, he's not a good person. No, and I absolutely (laughs) agree. Like, I'm not sitting over here saying that he is an asshole for no reason. The guy's fucked Mm -hmm. up. He has had a fucked up life. I I get it. I 1000% get it. But, like, learn from that shit, man. (laughs) Do some self-reflection. Nah, Snape does not do self-reflection. No. He might even not do, he might not do regular reflection. So another point that I did have that I wanted to bring up was, take away this man's teaching licensure. Like, (laughs) what? Like I, and again, I licenses in the wizard no, <laughs> no, they don't they because they don't have act. social services either. <laughs> they're just like, do you want to teach this class? And they're like, yep. No, they didn't even ask. Like, no, Dumbledore wasn't even like, do you want to teach this class? It, Dumbledore was just like, all right, I'm gonna keep you right where I can see you, and you can teach this potions class. True. You're gonna be in the dungeons, <laughs> and and the thing is, I do. Okay, this is my one like small moment of empathy for Snape, but quite frankly. <laughs> Because he, this happened when he was, like, 21 or 22, and then he was thrown into this teaching position at 21 or 22, and damn, <laughs> like, because also he would have been, that he would have been teaching, like, sixth and seventh years that he went to school with. Like, I will give him that he probably did need to be a stricter teacher in the beginning in order to establish his authority. However, as we've learned from the wonderful Minerva McGonagall, you can be a strict teacher without also being a bullying asshole. So again, that is what so many people, that is their argument. And I'm like, as an educator myself, I understand because when I was dealing with students, when I was 22, it was hard as fuck. (laughs) Like it's gotten so much easier now that I've like aged out of their age range. Like you can't, you can't bully them. Right. They're 11. Exactly. Some of them are 11. Come on. Like, it's yeah. just, I just don't get it. I think it just boils down to, I mean, I think it boils down to his trauma and the fact that he never worked through it and the fact that instead of going, like, and you know, working through his trauma and trying to come out on the other side, he was then thrown into a role at 21. Again, very young. He's barely, the frontal lobe barely developed. And... No, it's not even... It, it, he has four more years of lobe development <laughs> left. Yeah. And then... Like, your lobes are not developed until 25. 25, yeah. <laughs> and then, on top of that, then being in charge of teaching, she probably really didn't want to do. And so, like, the man really had no breaks. And so, like, again, I get it. That sucks. That's a That's a tough lot in life. But that doesn't mean you bully other people. Yeah. Yeah. So ultimately, this was a chaotic episode, but I think it needed. We we said some things that needed to be said. Oh yes, you absolutely um, covered the parts about pre Hogwarts that I forgot about, or mm-hmm. was not. I was not focusing on. So thank yep. you for bringing that to my attention. Mm-hmm. Well, our attention. <laughs> yep. Well, listeners, thanks for listening. Mm-hmm. We uh, shout big shout out to Germany, man. Like we have a lot of listeners in Germany. Nice. So shout out, like we love you. Hopefully things (laughs) are going well over there. Yeah. (laughs) And catch us next time. Yeah.